welcome to the Equipus Church Surrey podcast. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. How about just lifting your hands? We're going to pray and just position our hearts this morning. Jesus, we love you. Come on, how about declaring that this morning? Come on, just tell them, Jesus, we love you. We honour you this morning. Wonderful Father, thank you today that you're present in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you can do more than we could ever imagine. Pray this morning, Lord, that you'd open our hearts to understand a little bit more of your will. Pray that just through the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that there would be genuine transformation in the way we think, in the way we believe. And we just declare right now, Father, that we're believing for more than we've ever seen before. We declare right now, Lord, over our lives that Lord, we believe the best is yet to come. Not because we're so special, but because through the power of the cross and Your resurrection, Lord, You have provided everything we need. And so God, would You lift our, our thinking today to come more into alignment with who You are and where You are and what You're doing on the face of the earth. I pray, God, this morning, all reluctance would be let go of. That we would enter into this time of coming around Your Word with a hungry heart, with ears to listen. Father, beyond what comes out of my mouth, but God, what You're saying to us this morning as a church. So God, we just worship You this morning. We honour Your presence right now. And we thank You for the power of Your Word. We receive it gratefully this morning. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can grab a seat this morning. I had the, uh, the privilege of uh, last weekend uh, being part of our Equippers uh, Slovakia and Budapest family. And uh, so I was uh, over there speaking at their kind of conference that they do once a year. Sunday night, I was actually at Equippers Budapest, which I've got to say is going unbelievably well. Um, that church really only established a little over a year ago. They are now um, uh, gathering over 100 people every Sunday. Two weeks ago, they had 120 uh, in their room. And um, for uh, really that part of the world, it is unheard of. Uh, it is pr- really quite extraordinary. So Equipus Budapest is going well. Thank you for everyone who sowed into Impact Offering that could sow into uh, that church plant. Um, and then the, the preceding days in the morning, I was a part of uh, a group of churches that is also pastored by Pastor Miro and Marta, who many of you know. Um, they have location pastors over three churches in Slovakia. Um, they pioneered those churches themselves and they are now uh, in in transition uh, to being Equipus churches in Slovakia. So that's pretty exciting, isn't it? And those churches are doing, uh, they're doing really well, not without challenge. I've got to say uh, that part of the world, until you go there, I'm sure many of you have been there, but they are in a way still coming out of the shadow of communism. And so uh, we, we look and it looks good, but actually spiritually, they really are up against some pretty strong challenges, but praise God, they are, they're really growing, they're really succeeding. I don't know if you saw my Instagram this week, I put a couple little videos up and some clips of the conference and they are probably the only uh, spirit-filled or evangelical church in the whole country that could actually pull something like that together. 
So five years, uh, 25 years ago, there were five uh, evangelical churches in the whole of Slovakia. And that movement that they're part of has now grown to 50. But of course, it needs to go way beyond that. So uh, we're really part of something exciting over there. And if you get the chance to go, I wanna encourage you to go. Amen? All right, I'm gonna read a couple of passages of Scripture to you this morning. Uh, Genesis 22, uh, verses one to two. We're gonna talk a little bit about the life of Abraham this morning. Uh, Here's what it said. It said, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Give me a wave if you've you've ever had your faith tested. (laughs) Uh, Something has come up against it, which has challenged your faith. It didn't just go the way you thought it was gonna go. You didn't get the immediate answer to prayer. You didn't get the breakthrough you were hoping for overnight. It says, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. And here's what God said to him. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. Now, if you've been in church for any length of time, you've probably read that passage of Scripture. And uh, maybe if you're reading it for the first time, it's a fairly shocking uh, couple of verses to read where God tells Abraham, take your teenage son, go on a journey and I will show you where, but I want you to sacrifice him to me. How many think that's pretty shocking? Like, I think that's shocking. And that's what God asked Abraham to do. Um, Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, just to help us understand Abraham's mindset. Because interestingly enough, the Bible does not say Abraham struggled with this. The Bible does not say that Isaac struggled with it. It just says they went through it. But here's what Hebrews says about the mindset of Abraham. It says, Abraham reasoned, or he, he was thinking in his head, if Isaac, is, uh, if Isaac died, that God was able to bring him back to life again. So here's how Abraham thought. Abraham thought to himself, okay, God, you're asking me to sacrifice my son, but here's what I really think is gonna happen. If that happens, you're gonna bring him back to life again. That's how he was able to go through and do what he did. Now, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the story, right before uh, his life is taken, God calls out from heaven and says, Abraham, don't do it. So it's good news today just to know that Isaac was not actually killed. He was saved uh, right uh, before his life was be taken. I wanna read you one more verse, Hebrews 11, verse six, a few verses earlier in that chapter. It says, for without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Everyone say, God is a rewarder. God's a rewarder, isn't that good news this morning? God is a rewarder of people who diligently seek Him, who go after Him, who run after Him, who make Him the priority and the center and the number one thing in their lives. Those people, God says, I will reward. So if you're here this morning and you say, that's me and I hope it is you. And you say, I put God at the center of my life. I pursue Him. I lift Him above everything else. He is the number one thing in my life that I charge after. If that is you this morning, good news, there are rewards that are on the way to you. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. 
I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about rewards and sacrifice. Rewards and sacrifice. Um, I don't know if you've ever discovered this, but I've discovered in my life that God is not afraid to ask me to make big sacrifices. Have you discovered that yet? God's not afraid to come to us and say, actually, I want something pretty major from your life. We, we, we kind of live in, a, in, a, in an era, don't we, where comfort and uh, ease of life is kind of a high priority to many people. You know, we'll do it if it's easy. We'll do it if it's convenient. We'll do it if it fits in with our plans. But I've discovered that God is not really super interested in our comfort and our convenience, but rather He's interested in our obedience. So when I was 27 years of age, many of you will know this, but if you're visiting today for the first time, you won't. I was working as an airline pilot. I was working for British Airways and I had no dream about doing what I'm doing today. But over a period of time, God started to get a hold of my heart. And then a time came when I was invited to leave what I was doing and come and train to be a pastor and uh, Pastor Bruce and Helen Monk. And um, uh, that was a big decision. It was a big decision for a number of reasons. Number one, I was about to get married in a few weeks' time. I just needed to double check that Monica was gonna be okay with that. Uh, you know, in terms of the natural, like I was on a pretty good cricket wicket, you might say. I uh, had really, a, for the rest of my life, pretty much a guaranteed job. Had a six-figure salary that would only increase over time, I had a pension that was the best pension you could get at those times, a final salary pension. I don't think they really do them very often anymore. If you've got one, fantastic. Uh, I had uh, access to what would be business and first class travel anywhere I wanted to for the rest of my life at a fraction of a price. I had nine weeks of holiday, perhaps the hardest thing to give up. <laughs> Nine weeks of holiday, wow. That was pretty amazing. And of course, on top of all of that, there was a little bit of a prestige that went with it. And so for me, you know, God, God came along and He was not afraid to put His hand on something that definitely the world would say that is incredibly valuable and say, actually, I think I'll have that. I would quite like it if you sacrifice that for me. And here I am nearly 20 years, 19 years later, um, and I can tell you God has rewarded me uh, richly for that sacrifice. I actually remember when Monica and I first married, we had bought um, a three bedroom maisonette, um, kind of a flat in West London. And um, when I grew up, I grew up kind of moving into a number of different places. My dad was a pastor. Um, so I was born in Croydon, grew up in Belfast, spent my teenage years in Shropshire, went to university in Bristol, did flying training in Oxford, finally moved to London. Might make some sense of my accent, but probably not. And, um, and so I moved all around the place and had no problem with that. But for Monica, she had grown up in one house her whole lifetime and had never moved. And so to her, when we bought this flat, that was it. This is where she, we were gonna be for a long time. And now she laughs at that and thinks that was a little embarrassing, but back then that was a big deal. Uh, when we were asked to move into the city centre of London and help pastor and pioneer a Quippers church in the city, that meant we needed to leave that apartment and I moved right into the city. And for Monica, it was actually a massive ask. That was like, leave 
the, the, the flat, the apartment, that was our first married apartment, um, and, and, uh, and moved like a long, what felt like a long way away at that time. And I'm, I'm just saying all of this just to let you know that God has got no problem asking you and me to make big sacrifices. Can we give me an amen if God's ever asked you to make a big sacrifice? <laughs> he does, he, he asks us for all sorts of things. He asks us for our money, He asks us for our time. He asks us for our energy. Sometimes He'll ask you, like me, for your career. Sometimes He'll ask you for a relationship. Sometimes, like Monica, He'll ask you for your home. Some of you in this room are here because He asked you to leave your home country to be where you are today. That's a big sacrifice for some, isn't it? For some, He'll simply ask you to give up what is comfortable to you and what is convenient to you. But I, I want you to know this morning that, when, that, that, that God isn't just a God who demands, but actually He is a God who rewards. And when we're faithful and obedient to do what He's asked us to do, there is an amazing reward. Um, Abraham in the Bible, we've just read about him. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son, uh, his only son uh, or his second son, but the son through which the heir and the promise would come. The son whom he waited 25 years for. How many of you think that's a big ask? Come on this morning, that's a big ask. Man, he said, I, that's, who, well, that's what I want you to do, Abraham. Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh and when Moses got to a certain age, God started to stir Moses' heart and started to call him out of that life of privilege and comfort and he took Moses from a palace from probably untold wealth and where did he take him to? He took him to a wilderness for 40 years to prepare him. I'm just letting you know that God doesn't mind putting demand on you. When, when David felt called to build the temple, David uh, got into his personal finances and gave, many experts believe, it's hard of course to exactly quantify it, but many people believe that David gave uh, around about $3 billion worth of wealth to building the temple. <laughs> That's a lot of money. David obviously had a lot of money that he could get three, I mean, I don't know how many billions of dollars he had left, but he gave a lot of money. At New Testament, we find many people who are asked to give a lot, um, high sacrifice. Um, this week, I was just reading about some people that in their lifetimes, they sacrificed enormous amounts for God. Anyone got a physical Bible this morning? Hold it up, you got a physical Bible. I see your Bible, Richard Fitch, hold it up. Thank you, Gaynor. Come on, a couple of people this morning. Uh, you know, the reason we have a physical Bible today is almost certainly because of a man called William Tyndale. Everyone heard of William Tyndale? William Tyndale was an amazing man. He grew up in a nation that was really run by Catholicism and no one had a Bible. No one had a Bible. No one was allowed to have a Bible. Only the Catholic priests had them and they were written in Latin. So the average Joe, you and I, had no chance whatsoever to actually go to the truth of what God was saying. They had to receive the teaching from the Catholic priest. And sadly, at that time, um, really the system that was set up was totally corrupt. The people were in spiritual bondage. 
The people were in spiritual blindness, but God got a hold of William Tyndale's life and put a dream in there to take that Latin Bible and transcribe it into a language that the everyday man and woman in this nation could understand. Here's the problem. He knew that if he did it, they'd try and kill him. And so he literally had to go from place to place to place to place hiding because he knew that if they found him, they would kill him. And if you know the end of the story, today, thank God, we have English Bibles that we can understand. We've all got them. But do you know, amen, come on, thank God. But do you know the truth is it cost William Tyndale his life. He was strangled, he was burned to death, and he was finally blown up with gunpowder as a result of what he did. (laughs) I'm simply saying all of this to let you know that God on occasions does not mind coming to us and making a demand. I don't know if you liked this message this morning, (laughs) but how many of you know it's true? The Christian life is is not just a life of being on a a cruise ship. The Christian life is, is, is a life that is about sacrifice. And we know that because our greatest example, Jesus Himself sacrificed His life for us. But I also wanna say this morning that the Christian life is more than just a life of sacrifice. The Christian life is also a life of reward. You can say hallelujah to that. It's it's not just about demand, it's a life of reward. Let me read this to you again, Hebrews 11, verse six. I want you to get this in your spirit this morning because it's important we go through life understanding this, that those without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe this, but He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder, everyone say, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now here's, here's so, so on one hand we've got sacrifice, but on the other hand we've got reward. Now we all want the reward, but none of us want the sacrifice. The problem is most of the time to get the reward, you've actually got to go through the sacrifice. Now I want to suggest this to you this morning, when it comes to the way you think, when it comes to how you view life, when it comes to how you think about sacrifice, I want to encourage you to think about sacrifice the way that Abraham thought about sacrifice. Abraham thought about sacrifice, according to Hebrews, that really the reward was coming. In other words, in other words, you can choose to focus on the sacrifice or you can choose to focus on the reward. I'll say it again, you get to choose. You and I get to choose. We choose what we focus on in life. You can either focus on the sacrifice. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be hard. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of pain. That's a lot of discomfort. That's a lot of irritation. You can choose to focus on the sacrifice, but I wanna encourage you, choose to focus on the reward because it is the reward that will carry you through life, not the sacrifice. How many of you know if you focus on the sacrifice, you're liable to give up? You're liable to give up, you're liable to never start. It's like, imagine, you know, maybe you're here today and I've certainly been in this place recently where I've thought, man, I need to lose a few pounds. If I focus on the sacrifice, less food, disciplined eating. Man, I don't wanna even begin. Just Just sounds painful. But if I focus on the reward, Monica's 
attention. I'm more liable to do it. Hey, can I get an amen? Now I think about the sacrifice, I don't really want it, but the reward is gonna keep us going, amen? The reward is gonna motivate us. Listen to what it says. I love this in Hebrews 12 verse two. This is talking about what Jesus went through for you and for me. He had the greatest sacrifice of all. Not only was His physical life pinned to a cross, but He took upon Himself in His soul the very sin of your life. He was beaten, the Bible said, to a point where he did not look recognisable as a man so that you and I could have the promise of healing in our bodies. That's the sacrifice Jesus took for us. But it says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. How did He he endure it? Because He focused on the joy. Let me read to you from the Passion Translation. I love this. His example is this, because his heart, I love this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you and I would be His. He endured the agony of the cross, conquered its humiliation, and now exalted sits at the right hand of the Father. So, so, so Jesus has got a major, major sacrifice that He's got to go through. How does He do it? He does it not by focusing on the pain, not by focusing on what He has to carry. He goes through it by focusing on the reward. Who's the reward? You're the reward. I'm the reward. We are the reward that Jesus looked to when He went through the greatest trial that any man will ever go through, past, present and future. Isn't that amazing? Come on, you gotta choose. When it, when it comes to the sacrifice, you gotta choose. Am I gonna focus on the sacrifice or am I gonna focus on the reward? Let me give you a couple of examples from the Bible of people who did this. Uh, the first one is the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood, if you don't know the story, it is a lady who has had internal bleeding for 12 years. No one can help her. She is defiled according to the law. She is not allowed to be around people. She is ostracized. She is pushed out of society. But she hears that Jesus is in a home and so she decides to go and visit Him anyway. What is the sacrifice? The sacrifice is humiliation. The sacrifice is probably she will be kicked out. She will be ejected. She will be told you're not wanted here. Well, what was the reward? When she touched the cloak or the hem of his cloak, she got completely supernaturally healed. The reward was healing, but the sacrifice was meant she might get kicked out again. On the other hand, think about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I I do everything right. I do everything right. I follow all of the commands. I follow all, listen, what do I got to do to be part of your team? And and Jesus says this, oh, that's easy. All you got to do is you got to go sell everything you have and give the money to the poor. What's the reward? The reward was to be in Jesus's crew. (laughs) How many of you think that's a reward worth paying? Man, he had the opportunity to spend some days or months or years as part of Jesus's on earth ministry. Man, I don't know about you, but I would give a lot for that. 
I'd give a lot for maybe one day just to hang out with Jesus in the physical flesh. I mean, one day we'll see him forever, amazing. But it'll be cool to do it right now. This guy had an amazing reward in front of him. What was the sacrifice? He had to give up what was precious to him so that he could have it. What did he choose to do? He said, I can't do that. I can't do that. And he missed out on the reward because he refused to go through the sacrifice. Let me, let me, let me talk to you a couple, about a couple of things in church life this morning. Let's, let's talk a moment about tithing. Let's talk about tithing. The, the, what's the reward of tithing? The, the reward of tithing is so many amazing things. It's the blessing of God. It's the windows of heaven opened out and poured down on our lives. Malachi says the reward of tithing is you have someone to rebuke the devourer. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that because I, Monica and I are tithers, that there's a promise and operation that says when the devourer comes, someone who wants to kill, steal and destroy, someone that wants to eat what I have, someone that wants to destroy and take away what I have, there's a devourer that says, no, you can't touch them because they're under the promise of giving. How many think that's pretty amazing? Woo. I don't know why anyone wouldn't tithe. You are exposing yourself in a way that you don't need to. You don't need to live exposed, but when you don't tithe, according to Malachi, you are. I've got, a, I've got someone who rebukes the devourer when he comes after my stuff. I got kids and they don't always make the greatest decisions in life, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've, got, I've got someone who's rebuking the devourer when he comes to try and touch their lives. Why? Because I've positioned myself under the blessing. What's the blessing? Give the first 10% to God. By the way, tithe means 10th. Sometimes people say to me, I tithe, I just don't give 10%. Well, then it's not a tithe. <laughs> tithe means the first 10% of what comes in your house does not belong to you. It belongs to God. And the Bible says, if you don't give it back, you are robbing from Him. Why would you do that? The blessing is amazing. What's the sacrifice? A little bit less money. A little bit less, which actually, if you do it right and you give God the first anyway, He redeems the rest and the 90% you have goes further than the 100% would anyway. So like this little sacrifice, okay, I've got to be a little bit more careful about how I spend. I've got to think about it. But the reward is amazing. But we've got to sacrifice to get there. Let, let me just say something about Shite Conference really quickly. And I'm saying this not because I wanna have the biggest number ever at Shite Conference, but I want you to be there because I promise you it is gonna bless your life. What's the reward of being part of something like Shite Conference? Well, it, it's gonna be the greatest party that we're gonna have this year as a church. You're gonna miss out if you're not at the family party. We've got all of Europe coming to be part of what will be an amazing party. It is gonna be a weekend of encounter. It is gonna be a weekend where the call of God in people's lives is brought fresh again. It's gonna be a weekend where, do you remember the parable of the foolish and the wise virgins and the, and the foolish virgins ran out of oil, but the wise virgins filled up their oil so they could go on the journey. It's gonna be a weekend where we get, we get topped up with fresh oil of the Holy Spirit, amen. It's gonna be great. The reward is gonna be something else, I tell you. What's the sacrifice? Couple of days off work, little bit of money, 
maybe a few. And let me just say, if you can't afford to be there, you need to talk to us because we will make a way. We want everyone there. Yeah, a little bit of sacrifice, but the reward is gonna be so good. Can I get an amen? This morning, the reward is going to be amazing. Let me give you three simple thoughts. I'm going to do it very quickly uh, this morning. You might want to write these down and you can think about them when it comes to sacrifice and reward. Number one is this, is I have discovered that God packages, this is not a catchy um, one-liner, by the way. God packages blessings in a way that we have to sacrifice to receive them. Anybody discovered that? God, God packages blessings in such a way that often we have to sacrifice to receive them. Like we, we wanna receive them without any work, but God says, no, you've gotta go through the process or the promise to get the blessing. Let me be very, very clear. I am not talking about salvation. I am not talking about salvation. I am not saying that you need to do anything in addition other than receive the forgiveness of Jesus by the grace of God for you to be born again. Hear me right. This is not about you getting right with God or getting born again. That is, a, that is a decision by faith and Jesus has done it all. Our perfect sacrifice, nothing needs to be added. However, in the kingdom of God and how it functions, He has seen that it is worth Him in a way hiding things for us that can only be accessed through a process of sacrifice. How many of you would like to get closer to God? Give me a wave. You say, I'd like to hear His voice more. I'd like to be more in tune with Him. One of the ways that God has given us to do that is the sacrifice of fasting. Fasting. Fasting is not something we do once a year as a church. Fasting, I believe, ought to be an, a, a regular part of every Christian's journey. Because why? It tunes us into hearing what God is saying. On, on Wednesday this week, I was fasting. Monica and I normally fast every Wednesday and I was fasting and I had some questions for God. I had some questions and um, I had some stuff I needed to hear from God on. And I'm most alert in the morning. So, you know, normally if I wanna hear from God, start at the day. That's when I'm, that's when I'm fresh. That's what I'm tuned in. That's what I'm gonna hear, the best stuff from God. But the whole day went by, uh, four o'clock, 4.30, uh, five o'clock. I was actually sat in my car waiting for one of our boys to finish an after-school class. And at around about 5.30, I was just pondering and meditating on some stuff in the life of our church and what we needed to do. And around about 5.30 that day, I just had a simple thought come to my mind and I went, cool, I've got it. Thank you, Lord, that's all I needed to hear. I just needed to hear that one thought. I just needed to hear that one little bit. Well, how did it come? It came through the sacrifice of a fast. The reward was hearing God, but the sacrifice was to get alone, give up food, uh, I walk away from my belly for a, a few hours so that I could tune in to what God is saying, amen? If we wanna receive, there needs to be a sacrifice of giving. If we want to rule, there has to be a sacrifice of serving. If we want promotion, there has to be a sacrifice of humility. If we wanna experience the goodness and the glory of God every day, there needs to be a sacrifice of daily dying to Him and what He wants us to do. I hope this is helping this morning. I, I want you to experience more of God. I want you to experience more of the reward of being a believer of Jesus Christ, but we've just got to decide there might be a little pain involved. 
there might be a little discomfort involved. It might get a little bit rocky from time to time. If you want the reward of a great marriage, you have to have the sacrifice of work. Somebody say amen. If you want the reward of healthy finances, you have to have the sacrifice of controlled spending and delayed gratification. If you wanna have the reward of kids who love God, parents, you have to have the sacrifice of putting His house at the top of your priority so your children will see mum and dad believe in this thing, so therefore we will believe it as well. Come on, we want the reward. but we gotta pray the sacrifice if we're to have it. Here's the second thing, and I wonder, Joe, if you could come. Number two, number two is, this is so good. The blessing of sacrificing is always far greater than the cost. Anyone discovered that? Like sacrificing is not fun. But the blessing that comes as a result of sacrificing is always far greater than whatever we gave up. Matthew 19, verse 29, it says this, and everyone who has given up houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, or children, or property for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Isn't that cool? Come on, give me a wave this morning if you've, you've, you've sacrificed something to God this year. Come on, give me a wave. You say, that's me. I've sacrificed. I've sacrificed my time. I've sacrificed my energy. Uh, maybe, maybe you're here at 7.30 this morning setting up this platform that I'm standing on. Uh, maybe you've been opening up your home for Connect Group uh, um, religiously and diligently for many years. Uh, I don't know, maybe you've been out there in kids' church where nobody, nobody sees you. Maybe you've been behind the scenes. Maybe you've been faithfully looking after the people all around you. And, and for years, you've just been diligently putting God first. You've been sacrificing to Him. I've got good news for you. And you need, to, you need to say, God, I need to receive this reward. If I haven't received it already, there's a hundredfold reward. Other translations say, in this life and the life to come. Don't believe the lie that you only get blessed when you get to heaven. No, no, God's got blessing for you right now. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm, I, I'm employed by this church. I'm blessed by this church. Um, I, I don't really you know, necessarily earn what I might've earned if I was still doing my flying career. And maybe there's some, there are some perks about that that I don't maybe necessarily have. But can I tell you, I believe I am many, 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 many times more blessed now than I, than I would have been if I continued in that career. Some of you don't believe me. There's a pretty half, a pretty lukewarm response. Some of you don't believe me. Some of you think, well, I don't know. I'm telling you, you're never gonna know unless you try. Neil and Karen are here this morning. And Neil and Karen, if you don't know the story, pastors in our church gave up leading a church in Wales, sold a home, moved to this part of the UK, and really came with, came with nothing, gave up everything they had to come with no title and no position. But they said, God, we believe You're calling us to come here. We'll sacrifice that house. We'll sacrifice our family being nearby. We'll sacrifice all our comfort. And if you ask them today, I won't get them up here, but if you ask, them, they would say they are blessed, they are blessed, they are rewarded, they are blessed. Come on, I'm telling you, any more mature people in the room can say amen to that. Blessed. 
God wants to bless us, He really does. Listen, if you're here and you've served this church over a long period of time, I wanna say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your sacrifice. But listen, don't look to me for the reward. God's got your reward. Oh, that was anointed. Don't look to me for your reward. God has got your reward. And it's far greater than anything that I or this church could ever give you. The reward of heaven, amen, and eternal life. Here's, here, uh, here's, the, here's the final thing. Number three, really quickly, is simply this, is sacrifice moves the heart of God. It moves Him. It moves Him. You know, God is our Father. He's our Father. Think of, you, think of your natural dad for a moment. If you've got a good, a good biological dad, think of your dad or think of your mom or think of someone valuable in your life. You know, think about moving their hearts. Think about doing something that moves them. What's it like parents when your child does something for you that moves you? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? But you know, we actually get to move the heart of God. I believe that is reward all by itself to move our Heavenly Father's heart. How do we do it? We do it by sacrifice. When we bring a sacrifice of praise on a Sunday morning, when the week has been hard and maybe you're not doing good and maybe you're frustrated and maybe the stuff that's not working out for you, but you say, you know what? I'm in the house of the Lord and I'm gonna give Him my best praise this morning. When you're driving in your car and you're up against challenges and you're tired and you feel spent, but you say, Lord, I'm gonna give you my praise this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm not just gonna give you some leftover praise. I'm gonna put on the garment of praise. Do you know that moves the heart of the Lord because it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. The sacrifice of giving moves the heart of our Heavenly Father. Do you know the greatest meeting, truthfully, the greatest church meeting that I've ever been in, a meeting where just, it was like heaven came down and I have never experienced anything like it. Everyone in the room remembers exactly where they were at the time when it happened. Do you know it happened after we received a financial offering that was an offering that was an unbelievably generous offering. It was like people just say, God, we love you. We wanna give you the best of what you have. It was the greatest offering that I have ever been part of. And it followed up with the greatest atmosphere of God's presence I've ever been part of. Why? Because God is moved by the sacrifice of our giving. Did you know that? When we give super kind of painfully, <laughs> Sacrificially, It's like God says, wow, that moves my heart and His presence turns up. What a reward. The sacrifice of time, the sacrifice of energy. Come on, I want to encourage you, church. I, I know like to put this church service on, on a Sunday morning, I know it takes a lot of people and it takes a lot of work. And many of you have served behind the scenes for many years. I want to encourage you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. But also understand there's a reward. Connect group leaders who've opened their homes up just about every night of the year, year after year. And you think, man, oh man, do I need to do it again tonight? I've got to tidy the house, put some food out. I'm telling you, there's a reward for that. There's a reward for serving the Lord. There's a reward for sacrificing unto Him. 
when God prompted your heart to give and you say, God, that's a big offering. I don't know if I can do it, but you did it anyway. I promise you there's a reward for that sacrifice. When you walk away from an opportunity that could have given you more, John Matz, who could be doing so much more, I'm sure financially with the gift upon his life. But I'm telling you, John, there's a reward for what you're doing. There is, and it's not just in heaven, it's here on earth right now. And there's many of you in this room this morning. There's many of you that have sacrificed and I wanna encourage you, there's a reward. There's a reward for you, Nicola. There's a reward for you, John and Elisa. There's a reward for you, Jamie. There's a reward for you, Paul and Gaynor. There's a reward. There's a reward because God is a rewarder of those who put Him first, who seek Him above all else, who lift Him up as the number one thing in their lives. Amen. Maybe you've not seen the reward yet. Come on, time to lift your faith and say, God, I've sacrificed. I'm coming for my reward, please. My children don't need to be asked twice to get their pocket money. If we owe them something, they'll come asking for it. Hey, I think you might have forgotten to give us, uh, you know, that thing you said you were gonna do today. Sometimes we gotta be more like little children. God, I've been sacrificing, not because I had to, because I wanted to, because we love Him. Come on, can we stand to our feet? Let's give God just a praise for a moment if we could. Come on, just thank Him for a moment. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, God. We honour Your Name. Thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank You, Father. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to connect with Equippers Church, then please visit equippers.co.uk and say hello. And if you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe and share it with a friend. 